What up? It's your boy. Thanks for tuning in once again to the Ripping Us podcast in North Carolina. This is Lurk Report number 14, and I am stoked to present the mind of my new homie, John Martin, owner and operator of Stolen Skate Shop in downtown Greensboro. In this episode, we talked about his come up, why and how he decided to open a shop, and overcoming some heavy challenges along the way. Without further ado, let's rip it. the best way to kick yeah. it off john martin welcome to the podcast uh thanks for having me in your home interestingly enough i did not know you lived like two minutes away from latham yeah yeah that's pretty it's interesting right down the street uh what are your overall thoughts on latham that's a funny park where i hear like a lot of polarizing opinions about it what's your take being a true local uh we need a better park it's <laughs> rough that thing's like not more than like two people can skate the whole park at the same time, um, which is crazy considering how packed it gets. Like just being able to try and flow through that place is insane. Yeah, I hear that. Similar to uh, Charlotte, we got Renaissance Skate Park, which is like completely laughable that a city of that size gave us a park that small. Yeah. So, so it goes. Uh, that's why you've got this crazy psychotic little backyard contraption uh <laughs> it's there yeah very impressed very impressed and i like how you kept it all mellow too but um anyways we'll get into all that we got to not get too off topic at the beginning i have like a loose uh direction for how i want this to go sounds but, good so what's your comfort level right now are you good you good on the mic hell yeah you look super chill um some people tend to freak out but i'm not worried about you man you look like a natural chilling all right, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Raleigh, um, North Carolina, for those of y'all that don't know. Yeah, I grew up in Raleigh. I went to Martin Middle School and then Broughton High School. Broughton's the one with the four block around back. Looks all nice. What was the scene like? Um, I know Raleigh's always had like a really rich history with skateboarding, but around your age when you were first getting into it, um, was that when Vertical Urge was like the top dog like at its at its prime for sure so yeah i started skating when i was in probably middle school i believe and at that point i was just skating street with a couple friends and then over time i ended up uh going to project 58 which was the indoor park because it was close to where my dad worked and it just kind of worked out and at the time there were probably like four or five kids who went to my middle school that like they skated and we would all go together and then I started meeting everybody else around my age at project and the scene back then was super sick Mm -hmm. just so many people skating all different age groups um 
but it all kind of just like flowed together. Like everybody mm-hmm. kind of knew everybody over time and it just worked out. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's like a strange phenomenon that I feel like there's a lot of really good street spots and everything to skate in Raleigh. I don't know if there were any outdoor public parks at the time, but looking back yeah. on it, it seems like project 58 was really like a unifying thing that kind of held down the scene in Raleigh. For sure. Which in, in this day and age, like an indoor park can barely even survive, you know? So yeah. it's just interesting to reflect back on, um, who are some of the top dogs, like the hometown heroes, the, the skaters you would look up to around that area? Hometown heroes. Let's see. I'm trying to think. Cause it changed as the years went on. So when I was really young, it was like some of, some of the kids, like I went to high school with Timmy and James Stevens. Timmy lives out in Colorado now. No shit. James is here. I, I know Timmy. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I, it was crazy. Like those two kids were so good at skating vert and yeah. like they'd go to skate carry, which, oh my God, pads. I hate it. <laughs> but, um, so I, I was like looking at that. And then when I started street skating, it was like shifting more of the focus to some of like the vertical guys, like Ron Parker, uh, Thomas Dritzis, them. And then just like being around everybody else at project 58, it kind of mm-hmm. worked out. Of course, Jay Brock, cause he's from North Carolina. Yeah. It was like, all right, we got to watch Jay Brock footage. Yeah. That's but, epic. Yeah, that's funny. You mentioned skate carry, um, because that park, despite being kind of like you know you got to wear pads like not a lot of people actually skate there that yeah. park has spawned some like serious flyers yeah like i know um timmy like it seems like a lot of people that came up there are just like really comfortable like doing massive airs yep which, uh, you got timmy for sure and also did you know nolan warner sullivan i do yeah yep. he came out of skate carry and he's like a super low-key guy and you watch him skate in person and you're just like holy fuck this dude's blasting like pro level airs like uh, yeah <laughs> it's pretty wild yeah skate carry shout out they got something crazy in the water over there word um all right so did you uh <laughs> what fashion phases or trends did you participate in as a kid and do you regret any of them all right one all right this is rough <laughs> so definitely now I hardly ever wear high top shoes, mm-hmm. but like back then for sure. And the big puffy shoes, I was all about it. Like I cannot explain how many pairs of like fallen troopers and rippers. Well, the ripper was pretty slim, but like those I had a bunch of Yeah. and now they're back, which is crazy. Um, are, are the troopers the one that had like a ox blood colorway with like kind of some striped like graphics on the side? I believe so. Yeah, uh, yeah. Those were like, I would fucking envy those shoes when I was in middle school. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't get them. My parents wouldn't buy them for me, but I was like, those are the sickest shoes of all time. I mean, I had like Costin shoe for S at the time, like just the big puffy stuff. Mm-hmm. Although... I really one of my favorite shoes of all time. Like I wish they would bring back was the Nike Tray AD. That was from around that time. It was a lot slimmer than the original Tray, but it had that crazy toe cap weird material on yeah. it. It was amazing. Okay, yeah, it almost looked like the shoe was 3D printed or something. Yeah, dude, that was a wild shoe. I forgot about that until very recently. Did did you skate them? I did. And they actually skated pretty good? They skated super good. Damn. Yeah, maybe there's a market there. They just, like, didn't... 
that didn't rip, you would blow through the sole, like the bottom of the sole, faster than you would the Whoa. side of the shoe, which is so opposite from every shoe nowadays. Yeah. I bet if you uh, went through went through eBay with a fine-tooth comb, you could find a pair nowadays. I got a couple pairs, but they're not my size. Okay. And I'm <laughs> bummed on it, but I'll find one. Yeah. Um, this is a call to action. Whatever shoe size you are, if anyone's got some Zoom trays out yeah. there. Yeah, 10 and a half. 10 and a half. It. Come on. Hit 10 and a half, 11. Um, <laughs> another, let's see, like fashion trend. I'm trying to think. The big baggy tees. Nice. Like I, I did that for sure. I probably should have worn a small and I wore a large. Like it was what it was. Then again, that's because that was probably like around the same time. You know how you emulate like everything else you see from other people, mm-hmm. kind of. Um, especially when you're a kid, you're super malleable. All that. So I want to say like Sturgill and some of the Winston dudes were coming down to Project Fifty Eight. And, like, Sturgill was all about the, like, triple XL T-shirts, <laughs> and they were down to his knees. It was so funny. But, yeah, like, the big baggy tees. I never did the baggy pants. Okay. Um, but did you do, like, tight pants? For a while, but not that long. Okay. I mean, uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah it's a good thing that didn't, like, not catch on the stick. And plus, if you got the baggy shirt and the big-ass shoes, tight pants just look so completely awkward for sure like you got to be cory duffel everything tight or like nothing yeah. tight yeah you know? they were two totally different phases <laughs> it definitely wasn't all at the same time <laughs> that's funny um and then growing up when i was first starting to learn like flip tricks and everything i was destroying my shins hmm. and so that happened and then I got really badly injured one time skating the van skate park in Orlando. Interesting. Um, I can't even remember like what the injury was. I was so young, hmm. but my after that, my parents were like, "Oh, like you're gonna wear pads." So shin. I wore <laughs> knee pads and shin guards, which like the shin guards in the skate park was so kooky. But at the same time, it's like my parents made me do it, so I was like, "All right, like." I guess, but <laughs> I probably would have destroyed my shins way worse. Yeah, if I hadn't. But it yeah. makes me wonder if, like, you know how big, like, huge pants are kind of in right now. Yeah, I wonder if anyone's like secretly rocking like little shin guards underneath their giant pants nowadays because it's totally functional. But yeah, you would just get like what you know, kooked out. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Where yeah, is? that's a good question. I don't know. That would be sick. I mean, somebody's out there probably trying to learn how to switch tray and like not hitting their shins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had a great one yesterday. I was telling you about, I was trying a ledge trick at Eastland that involved like 180 in and 180 out. So my board like just was yeah. kind of spinning around a lot and I fucking caught it in between my legs and it just bounced off of both my shins back and forth like four times. I got like four shinners in one foul swoop. It was awesome. It's always a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Right, all right, shin guards, knee pads, that's what's up, man. Um, so growing up in Raleigh, was there like a rite of passage gap or rail or some kind of spot where once you could do the spot, you were legit? Anything along those lines? I don't really know. Okay. Within my friend group, no. Mm-hmm. Within others, maybe. I remember like everybody back in the day was like, Champions Gap is huge. It's 
downtown Raleigh. Okay. It's got like a little brick wall at the end. The crack at the bottom is terrible. Um, oh, um, it's like off somebody's porch, which is nuts. Anthony did like Nolly Heel down it in yes. some post-22 video. That's yep. awesome. Hell yeah. Um, so like I remember a bunch of people, like every little like friend group, everybody would skate that thing. Hmm. And so maybe that, but at the same time, like I don't really know. Yeah. That th- that was, that was it's a- funny everybody like tripped out on that thing because now going to it it's like oh okay like i can ollie down this it's it's not that big no okay yeah that's funny yeah that was a pretty random question but what made me think of that was just the other day me and a couple of friends skated the spot in davidson which is like a couple minutes from my house it's the three flat three have you ever been there davidson college maybe yeah it's like a brick stairway through an arch and it's like a really nice kind of downhill landing. Yeah, I might have been there. I'd yeah. recognize it if I saw a photo. Yeah. There's so many double sets and everything. Mm-hmm. But that's that was the one that was like the big deal growing up. Like if you could ollie that, you had like made it to the next level. You know what Same. I'm saying? But I was there just the other day and uh, pushing up to it. You would think that like as you got older, like the big stuff would feel smaller. But me and my homies were just there like last week and we were like, this thing's kind of fucking big. And yeah. it, it each took us like a couple of tries to ollie down it. <laughs> it was pretty funny. I don't skate impact anymore. Yeah. So that one's kind of like gone to the wayside for me. Yeah. Don't That's really care cool. anymore. But Champions Gap, it's nice to put a name to that image because I've seen that gap in a lot of yeah. videos. A lot of people have given it some love over the years. Um. Okay. Ooh, here's here's a good one. You have any uh, holes in your bag of tricks that you never addressed? So, like maybe basic tricks that you'd think you'd have that you just kind of skipped over or never oh, learned. Man. I can nollie heel. I can't nollie flip. Mm-hmm. I've landed a couple, but like it's not there. Yeah. Um, my pop shove it is terrible, but I can front shove. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I don't know. Crazy enough, I learned like varial flips before everything else. Okay. Which now I don't think I've done a varial flip in like two, three years. You learned varial flips before kick flips? Yeah. Okay. It was just easier for the board to spin around, I guess. I don't know. And I've heard of some people learning like kick flip body varials before kick flips because like I guess your body wants to open up when you like kick your board that way. Those are insane. I don't understand that one. Um, Varial heel, can't do them. Inward heel, I can do. which is so backwards to me yeah like i should be able to varial heel especially if you can front shove but not pop shove as well exactly okay um that one makes no sense i can't hard flip no matter what i do (laughs) i cannot hard flip it's (laughs) insane your kryptonite lately i've been like skating i was skating with blake a bunch over new years and we've gone on a few trips and he's got nollie trays and switch trays so good are you talking Blake Carpenter? Yeah, Blake Carpenter. Oh, crazy name drop. Your homies with him? Um, yeah, so we we always just play games of skate to warm up, and I always lose because he can do anything he wants, which mm-hmm. is sick, but I've been really trying to learn nolly trays. Switch trays not going to work out, but I'm okay. working on the nolly trays. Yeah, I got you. Damn, best of luck in your your nolly tray endeavors. That's a good one. That's it'll another happen one, one day. where That's another trick where I feel like once you got it, you've kind of like gained a little more cred it's like oh that's a fucking legit for sure it takes you to the next tier of flat ground which uh i can nollie tray but i can't nollie flip so there you go 
I wish I could nollie tray. Yeah, you just put your feet really fucking close together and just fling it and just pray. Once you know. once you tried enough, it just works out. So. Yeah. It'll oh, get yeah. there. <laughs> All right. Uh, when and why did you move to Greensboro? So I moved to Greensboro. I don't even know what year it was now. I have no idea. But so I moved to Greensboro because I ended up leaving Raleigh and going to school with Ford Motor Company to work on cars and became an automatic transmission tech. Was it some kind of like trade program or something? Yeah. Trade school? Okay. Yeah. So I did it through Ford Motor Company and they wanted me at the dealership in Winston-Salem. And so Mm. I was like, oh, I'll just live in Greensboro and drive every day to Winston-Salem so it's 45 minutes closer to my parents in Raleigh. Because um, oh, I wanted okay. to like yeah. keep a good relationship with them because we have a great relationship and everything. Word. So I'd just drive back and forth. But Yeah, that's rad. How'd you like, uh, how'd you like working on cars? Was that kind of one of your hobbies as a, as a youngling that you were like, damn, this might be what I want to do for my living? Yeah, so this goes even further back. So when I was in high school, I didn't have a car and I was working at Vertical Urge. And so I was skating 10 miles or however many miles it is from like from either my house or from Broughton down St. Mary's and then down Six Forks Damn, all the way to vertical. And it was hell. So I ended up buying a car and then the car I bought was old as hell. Um, it's an 85 El Camino. It's actually is that the, the one you still got? Holy shit. So I bought that. And I had to learn how to work on it because it's old as shit. Yeah. So it, it was one of those things like, okay. Otherwise, like, you're just going to spend thousands and thousands of dollars getting someone else to do it. Yep. It's like not even feasible. So I ended yeah. up learning how to work on that. And I was like, oh, like, I kind of enjoy it. I'll just go to school for this. This is sick. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of led me here. Yeah, right on. Cool. So I guess we don't really know uh, what year that was, but... That's a good segue talking about cars. I heard in your other interview at some point you got your car stolen. It did. All right, let's hear the story behind that and then what that incident led to in your overall narrative. All right, so we were... I was still at Ford at the time. No, I wasn't. I was just working on random stuff here and there. Um and I bought a 1970 Mustang Mach 1 and was restoring that. Mm-hmm. And I took it to a paint shop, and the dude was going to paint it for me, and he ended up stealing it. And damn, that was that. And it was, all happened around the same time we were trying to figure out a name for the shop. And so it was like, oh, like, well, let's just name this shop Stolen. <laughs> So that's kind of how the name for the shop came about and the car got stolen and it was crazy because I had to get it appraised for insurance to cover anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I couldn't get it appraised till after it was painted. Huh. Okay. Just like, yeah, didn't make sense to me either, but that's yeah, I how know. I guess the DMV wanted to do it. But yeah, so that and like the some of the paperwork on it was a little sketchy like we found out later because a dmv they have like a separate section for license and theft okay so it's like a cop who works for the dmv 
And so they ended up having to come out and like going through paperwork at the paint shop and like all this. It was super gnarly because it ended up pretty much being like, okay, like you took a hundred percent loss on the car. Jesus. Um, so I was able, however, to go and strip the seats out of it, all the interior, anything I could get out with a wrench and, or like a screwdriver or something, anything I could physically take off the body of the car they were good with. So yeah, that one was gnarly. Huh. That's really confusing. So, <laughs> so they wouldn't let so, me keep the frame. So the car was still physically in the paint shop. No. So kind of. It's hectic. So the dude ended up wrecking it, trying to get it home to actually steal it. Whoa. And then it got pulled back into the paint shop. What the fuck? And then, like, it's this whole gnarly brigade of, like, the cops came in. He ended up getting charged for pretty much running, like, a chop shop. Okay. And he So the dude did like, get caught and get in trouble. Yeah, All for right, sure. Word. He was, like, stealing everybody's cars. Damn. Damn. He actually stole rolls from somebody, which was gnarly. Uh, like, I don't know how you just are just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to steal rolls today. That's crazy. Yeah. But well, do your research out there. If you're taking your car to get any work done on it, make sure the shop's legit. That yeah. sounds sketchy as hell. Yeah, it was insane. Yeah, now, so, so what was the uh, the overall damage? Did you basically just lose the car? Yeah, I lost the car. I got it all the interior and like anything I could strip from it. So I've got. Could you take like motor and shit like that? Yeah, I have the transmission. I didn't take the motor. Uh-huh. Um, you basically just tried to leave it like a bare body. It, yeah, it's completely bare. There's huh. nothing in it. Fuckers. Um, <laughs> what's funny is the dude. So when I dropped it off at the paint shop, I took the VIN off like the VIN number. Cause in those years they're riveted. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to take the VIN off, have it painted and then put it back on. Huh? Cause that's what you're supposed to do. You don't want to paint like the silver little bracket. that says the VIN number. Yeah. So since the dude did all this and he got caught by the cops in the middle of that, he ended up also getting charged for removal of a VIN tag, which is a felony. <laughs> and it's like, sorry. So now I have a title and a Vintag to Mustang that it's like, I can't do anything with, but okay. It doesn't really exist. That's, um, that's bizarre. Yeah. Crazy. Cause I don't know. I wish I still had the Mustang, but at the same time, I probably wouldn't have the shop and everything too. Yeah. Cause I'd still be working on cars more than focusing on the shop. It's funny how the pieces fall together like that. Yep. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, all right, well, fuck yeah. So that answers my question of where the name came from. Let's just go off a little bit and talk about like what your mindset was and like why you wanted to start a shop at the time. All right. Before we get so, any deeper. I wanted to start the shop because I had worked at Vertical for who knows how long. Todd hired me when I was 15. Yeah, it was 2013, mm -hmm. so I would have been 15. You were a young book. Yep. So was that your first job? It was my first job. Right. Um, and I stayed there for so long. Like, I remember the park was still open, and then the park closed down. A couple of years later, we moved across the street to another shopping center, which I never want to move another business again. 
because I've done it with my shop and just it's hell. Um, but yeah, so I worked there forever and kind of learned the industry, learned who the people were, like some of the sales reps, created relationships. And then I went to Ford and everything. And when I left there, because I got into it with my service manager, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to go back to my roots and go back to like working in a skate shop or something. And so I just decided Greensboro didn't have a skater owned shop, mm-hmm. oddly enough. Um, when you say that, did it have like a mall shop or something where skaters were at least buying boards? But yeah, so we had BP, which is like okay. board, board paradise. They had stores all over the state at one point. Yeah. Um, that was a weird company. Like I never quite figured out what the deal was with BP because they had a park in Hickory that was like yeah. pretty fun. You know, it was like a, it was like, Oh, these people like yeah. they're, they're doing it for skateboarding, but it's also kind of weird. Like the concept of a skate shop chain just seems kind of like corporate and, and strange to me, you know? Yeah. The dude who owns it doesn't skate. Okay. So that kind of has something to do with uh, the like kookiness, but tells you enough. Yeah. um, Gotcha. I don't know. I mean, we have a BP, the guy who runs it does not do anything for the community. And it was one of those things like, being at vertical and seeing endless being right down the street from my house when I was living in Raleigh, it was like, you could kind of tell like vertical would have contests or demos or like something for the community itself. And BP never did that. So I was like, you know what? Like we need an actual skate shop in this city owned by a skateboarder who will try and do something for the community. So, mm-hmm. I sat down and was like, you know, all right, like maybe it's time for me to try and do this. Yeah. And the first shop was so terrible compared to where we're at now. It was like just completely night and day difference as far as like the actual in the store feel of the store. Okay. Um, so like the new you're, shop is all nice and wood with yeah, high you're, ceilings. You're currently at your second location. I am. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah. you're talking about the first one wasn't wasn't up to how you wanted it to be no so the first one was at the very end of elm street in greensboro and it was like drop ceiling it was laid out super crazy so like there was a bigger area in the front and then a hallway that went down to where we had like the shoe wall and everything with a concrete floor that was chipped all up and like i don't know it just wasn't aesthetically pleasing Hmm. so the new shop that we're in it's all like wood floors, high ceilings. It's nice in there. And like, I tried to renovate the space as best I could to like fit a skate shop into like a boutique style space. Yeah. Which it makes it sick. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, I would agree. Your, your location is prime as well. You get a ton of foot traffic out there just being like right on Elm street. So For I'm sure. sure you get as much of, of like, core skaters coming in as you do just like curious people who come by to like fucking buy clothes or something yep uh which is really cool um but yeah i didn't know anything about stolen until a few weeks ago when me and my friend trevor were skating around greensboro and we popped in to say what's up um and yeah i can i can verify the shop has a very kind of like nice and uh boutique is a great way to describe it like yeah i like the way you have like the big glass windows letting in a lot of natural light um your decor is on point 
Uh, I definitely wanted to touch on having the board wall with uh, other skate shops boards on the wall. Okay, so that's, that's a really sick concept, and I was like impressed that you were doing that. I haven't really seen any other shops doing that yet. Yeah, so one of the things for me is like being having been in the industry for a few years at this point and seeing like everything in North Carolina growing up. Um, I'm really big on like pride of North Carolina skateboarding. Yeah. And so what I did was above our shoe wall, we have, or I've tried to have all of the pros from North Carolina's pro model boards. So I've got like Murphy, Mike Sinclair, Jed, I need a Sturgill board. Cause I think he rides for, yeah, he rides for ruckus and has a pro board for them. Um, Sturgill hit me up. Uh, and then I need a Mark Johnson, but I've got so many of Jay Brock's. Uh-huh. And then Clyde Singleton's is up there. Kenny Hughes is up there. And then above all of the pros, we have all the North Carolina shops. Uh-huh. Um, still missing a few, but for the most part. Yeah. They're up there. Yeah, that's that's a really cool, like... It's like a, a pride wall. For sure. Yeah. That's rad. I don't know. And that's how you fucking take your shop up a notch from like the, the kooky non-skater owned shops, you know, like that level of detail and like involvement, I think goes yeah. a long way. So I just wanted to shout you out for that. I thought that was really cool. Um, all right. What else do we got? We got some, uh, we, we're, we're jumping around a little bit, but I wanted to go back to Project oh, 58 because I know that, uh, like, you know, we'll, we'll get further into the skate shop stuff. I know you've done a ton of stuff, like, with the community and everything, um, a lot of cool events and everything, but going back to Project 58 real quick, just so we don't jump around too, too much, uh, a lot of my most formative skate years were, like, at the indoor park, yeah. um, not Project 58 because I didn't live in the area, but... I want to hear about some of your uh, hardest-fought victories and as well as your worst slams at Project 58. Sounds like you logged a lot of time there, so I know you've got some memorable moments. All right, worst slam. First experience with pool coping. Um, So the bowl (laughs) at Project 58 was four feet in the shallow end and then six feet in the deep end with a upwards extension of one foot with pool coping in one corner mm-hmm. that made it seven feet tall. And I, it was like my first time ever trying to really like grind or skate pool coping. So I didn't know how much it really stuck out or that one wasn't really that far out to be honest. But I also didn't know the the curvature of the top of pool coping is way different than just regular coping on like a wooden ramp, like yeah. the rest of that park. And so it, so it was like bullnosed where it, it was like flat and then up into the radius. Yeah, yeah. So like it was crazy. So I ended up trying to skate that thing and I hung up and just dropped straight to the flat <laughs> and just that one was super bad. Um, took a high dive. Yeah. I want to say I left after that. Yeah, and skated your 10 miles home or whatever. <laughs> no, luckily my dad's office was right down the oh, street. Oh, that's right, from that's vertical. right. So okay. it made it convenient that it was like, okay, I can skate to the park or get dropped off at the park or I can catch the bus. And then like 
my dad's office is right there. So when he gets off work, he's just going to drive me home. Yeah. It just worked out. Um, I just had to like figure out how to pay to get in the park. And then at the time I remember they had like a $300 a year membership or something that you paid one time 300 bucks and you ended up like getting to skate all day or Uh skate every day for free. So I, I had that for the last couple of years yeah. it was like well i'm making money like i might as well yeah but like skiers and snowboarders do that all the time with like their season passes or whatever yep why not at a skate park i wish i had a season pass this year <laughs> i would be up there way more damn you're a snowboarder i am word yep. yeah i don't really enjoy snowboarding as much as skating but it's it's fun every once in a while it's definitely different yeah um i enjoy kind of the same features to be honest like i really enjoy snowboarding on like jumps and rails and everything mm-hmm. um which i guess that just comes from me being a skateboarder yeah well shit uh at stolen you offer like snowboard tuning services yep. would you ever get into selling snowboard product or do you think there's not enough of a market here I don't know. So, I mean, after seeing everything that went down with Vertical, like, they had snowboards and everything, Mm -hmm. and it worked out there. So, there's definitely a market in, like, the Raleigh area, and we're halfway in between, but I don't know if I want to get into it, to be honest. Because then, at that point, like, if I'm not there and I have one of my employees there, I have to make sure that they're educated on, like, the whole snowboard side, because there's a lot of technology in snowboards. True. There's so much technology compared to skateboarding where it's like okay we have seven ply canadian maple and they have whatever that is like they had <laughs> some of those boards are like bamboo with p-tex which is the base material of a snowboard that makes it slide over snow and then they've got like magnet traction which is where the edge is all wavy like in skateboarding we have seven ply canadian maple or you've got like the crazy uh, like almost impact boards, but those are pretty self-explanatory. Like you can jump down big stuff with them, and they're not going to break that fast. Yeah. So. Yeah. Once you start getting into the snowboard technology, you're talking to a brick wall. Just FYI. Yeah, so. it's it, that's how I feel. I'm like, dang, like I have to tell my employees about this. Yeah. If we got into snowboarding, I don't really know like how that's going to work. <laughs> I feel that. You ever met uh, JP who runs Recess? I have. Yeah, I bet yeah. he'd be happy to nerd out with you on snowboard tech. That dude was for like sure. a he was like a rep or something for a long time. Yeah, he's really in the snowboard industry. Yeah, he kind of does skateboarding more for the love yeah but like gets most of his money from but at least the way i understand it like i would be willing to bet most of their revenues from the snow stuff the snow side of things most likely i don't know um i mean boone's skate scene over the past i mean even just the past five years has exponentially blown up Mm-hmm. Um, and he has done an amazing job with that community and everything between having the DIY and then the DIY going away. And now they're finally getting their first like city park or yeah. town park. I guess it's a town. I don't know. Sure. Tiny yeah. little place. Um, but yeah, like they've done an amazing job up there and it's sick. It's yep. funny. I want to say he's actually from Greensboro or he was in Greensboro around here or something. Yeah, I don't know. He's um he's on my list. I want to get to him. We, Dude, we, he he was one of the first people I hit up, but he's just busy as hell. He just had a kid and everything. Yeah, 
like trying to hit them up during the snow season is just like a no-go yeah that one's definitely hectic with everything going on up there but i might go up there this weekend go uh ride they've got that beach mountain easy does it contest and everything i might just go up there and just have fun sounds legit um damn you're gonna you're gonna enter you're gonna drop Dude, so that one, if I remember right, the easy does it is like it's not really a contest. Contest. Oh, okay. It's just like everybody's just having a good time riding, and that's another thing like that's sick about it is they like get rid of all the actual contest pressure mm-hmm. with that one. I usually in snowboarding, I I go twice a year for a contest, and one is that and the other one's like the bank slalom where you go through all the little banks really really fast oh, sick yeah that one's yeah. so sick to me yeah I, it's just more fun than like i'm terrible compared to all the people who live up there yeah but i enjoy it yeah so but you I can at least like hang on and ride down a hill fast for sure yeah that's funny kind of like puts the really good people and like the mediocre people on an even playing field with that kind of contest uh, yeah format. like just fucking take it down the mountain yep rad all right. What but about en- uh? Enough about snowboarding. Yeah. Let's what go back about to skating? What about sacking the rail at P fifty eight? Oh my god! <laughs> I think I heard you talking about that. I've done it. Yeah. What were you trying, and what was the uh, what was the demise? I've tried so many tricks on that rail and sacked it so many times. Damn. Okay. Um, I figured that would be like a one and done kind of thing, but you went back for more, huh? Well, I was there every day, pretty much, <laughs> and that rail is so perfect. Yeah, I actually know where that rail is, and I've been trying to buy it off the person who has it. Whoa! Um, because I really want to put it in my backyard. Yeah, you could totally incorporate it somewhere back there. Yeah, so I've got this square rail that I gotta go get that I'm gonna put in the backyard, but I really want the one from Project Fifty Eight because it's like. It's not a skinny circle rail. It's not a fat circle rail. It's like right in the middle, so it locks into every trick super good. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, I want to say hardest sack on that thing. <laughs> that one's memorable because I I've sacked so many rails over the years, which is why I don't really skate rails now unless it's perfect. Right. Um. But have you ever done the, uh, you ever sack on a lip slide where like you, you don't quite make it over and you clip on the way over? Yeah. Yeah. That's I want to say that's probably how the gnarliest one happened because it was trying a lip slide, but I go. remember it because I sacked the rail at project 58 and I slid 10 feet on my shoulder and like it ripped my shirt and everything. And it was just gnarly. It's adding insult to injury. But Shit. Yeah. I miss that park so much. Yeah. I only skated it once or twice. Um, but yeah, you could really like zip around that place and like hold your speed really well and like put yeah. lines together really well. Like the, the layout was awesome as far as indoor parks go. Yep. If you look at somewhere, like the only two indoor parks I can think of now in the region would be like Soul Ride or like above and, or sorry, Soul Ride or, am I getting that right? Above board? That's in Greensboro? Above board is here. Yes. Yeah. And like those parks don't really have like a good flow and like layout like it's all kind of jumbled and crazy yeah you know what i mean for sure so i think that 
I think the skate barn still has like a really sick setup out in Wilmington. I don't know if you've ever spent any time out Dude, there. But that mini bowl. Yeah. The little like, tiny, like two and a half, three foot tall bowl is so fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, the I'm, outdoor section is sick too. Like the ledge on, what is it? A, it's like a manual pad and a, a ledge that's kind of like a rail like it's wide enough you can board slide the whole ledge mm-hmm. um out back and that thing's super fun yeah i haven't been there in many years but the last time i was there i had a broken wrist so i just remember skating the little mini bowl and anything i would try where i would fall i would slide and just like hold my arm straight up in the air as i was sliding sick. so i wouldn't fuck it up that's sick <laughs> i never had to skate with a broken arm yeah it wasn't like a bad break, but it was still bad enough to where I didn't want to fall. It was like a hairline fracture. It's always crazy watching people like skating gnarly stuff with like a broken arm. Yeah, it was like, like a cast on or something. Yeah, it's like, dude, if you break it, like, is the cast really going to help you if you fall? But I've never seen anybody fall when they already have a cast on. So I, yeah. I've never known like how much gnarlier is it going to make it? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Somebody who's a doctor, let me know. I hope to never find out. All right, cool. So we talked about uh, the name for Stolen. I assumed it would have had something to do with getting looted, which is probably another gnarly ordeal. So, yeah, do you want to open that can of worms? I feel like that's that's Um, a good story in the sense that it kind of resolves nicely. And yeah, so I do it. So there's. Before the looting, we've had our fair share of issues at the shop, for sure. Um, the old store, when we were on the end of the street, me and an employee were held up at gunpoint. Holy fuck. And then that one was pretty chill compared to the looting as far as like losses go. It was definitely one of those things that it was like kind of traumatizing, but it was just hectic. Yeah, more how than the anything. fuck did that happen? Um, dude, it's insane. I was talking so much shit to that dude, but because I thought it was a joke. All right, so the dude comes in, me and an employer sitting there talking about something completely unrelated to anything, like the wildest conversation. And we're sitting there talking, and this dude comes in, and we're like, hey, you doing all right? Like, greet, greet him into the store, and he's like, I'm good, and starts looking through, like, the T-shirt racks we had at the time. And so we didn't really think anything of it. Like, just a normal dude, like, no masks, no nothing. So he ends up pulling a gun on us, and he's like, give me everything you got. And Jimmy, my employee who was working with me at the time, he's like, What? And I looked at the dude and I was like, are you fucking serious? Like, what is going on right now? (laughs) So Jimmy thinks it's a joke, thinking that, like, I know the dude. And I'm asking the dude if he's serious because I'm like, what the hell? And so... It's like the last thing you would have expected to happen. Yeah, and it's like, it's probably like 7.30 on like a random Tuesday or Thursday or something. And Mm -hmm. so he ends up like yelling at me to get everything i go behind the register give him everything and he goes how much is it and i was like i don't know you want me to count it like what do you expect yeah i'm just giving you the money you're asking for and then he gets us to lay on our stomachs on our hands in the back of the store jesus fuck if you've ever tried to like get up from laying on your stomach on your hands it's not like you can like do a push-up really fast Mm -hmm. um so 
as we were laying on our hands, like he walks out the front of the store and books it. And he stole like Jimmy's phone. He asked me for mine and I just said I didn't have it because somebody had to call the cops. Damn, um, dude. But so as soon as the door closes, Jimmy runs out and like sees the dude and we see where he's going. And like he throws Jimmy's phone underneath a car across the street and like the cops, we call them. They come like dude wearing wore no gloves so like fingerprints were everywhere damn and so they did their whole like csi thing holy um, fuck but yeah that was definitely a gnarly experience and then yeah that's fucking crazy he made you like lie down in the back of the store i would have thought like is this yeah. fucking it like like yeah it was definitely one of those so things gnarly. going through our mind but at the same time we were just like all right like <sighs> let's we got no other choice yeah. at this point. No, sure. um, what are you going to do? That's heavy, dude. Yeah, so the same dude, actually, we found out because he was on the news a couple days later. He robbed a bank, too. <laughs> so, like, crazy. He's just out there trying to get people's money. Yeah, but clearly. we That happened. We had already signed the lease for the new space when that had happened. So everybody was like, oh, you're moving because you got robbed. And I'm like, no, we had already planned on moving. Mm. And then this was like the final straw. Like, okay, like I don't mind moving at all. Yeah. So, yeah, so we moved the store and it ended up, we moved overnight, which I will never do again. Huh. Like moving an entire retail store, closing on a Friday moving it all and opening up on a Saturday, a hundred percent ready to go. <laughs> yeah, that's Even hectic. if it's like, it was walking distance. So we pushed everything on rolling racks up the street, but like Damn. our board wall is bolted into the walls. And then like we had our, our counter at the time was glass and like that was hell to move. Yeah. Um, but we got everything up there. We're open for three months. I went on a trip. And then the store got looted, which yeah. was sick. Um, that was during the, was it like the BLM protests? It was. Yeah. So I was in Baltimore for that. Uh-huh. Because um, I was on a trip with Kanan Dern and Dalton Dern. So we were in Baltimore and somebody like called me. While we're in Baltimore, the BLM riot is happening in Baltimore as well as in Greensboro. Damn, yeah. So, because they were all over the place in all the bigger cities. And so, we were sitting there about to go to bed and somebody, like, texted me a link to uh, Facebook Live of, like, the riot in Greensboro. And I got to sit there and watch my store get looted. Jesus. Which was so sick, knowing I have no way to do anything because I'm five hours away, five, six hours away. And... So that was sick. And then coming home, we ended up like having to go through the whole thing of like, all right, we're going to try and figure this out. And by the way, insurance doesn't cover anything if it's during a riot, unless you have a premium policy. What the fuck? So yeah, we it makes no sense. So like there's a special clause in most insurance companies um, that you have to pay for a special policy for civil unrest. What is the how fuck? they word it. It's not like, oh, you have a riot policy. Like, you have to pay for additional coverage for civil unrest, which is how they can get away with, like, oh, like, 
yeah, we had 30 businesses just looted and burned to the ground and we're not paying them a dime because they weren't covered for civil unrest. Yeah, that's such a weird little specific fucking loophole thing. Yeah, it's in insane. The coverage. Like, that should just be covered in, like, an umbrella of whatever bad things could potentially happen to your store. Like, yep. why is this one very particular case an outlier? Yeah, it's that also... Make any sense. It's also, like, you have to... If you look at most insurance companies, um, ways that they deal with fire, like a, say a fire starts in a business, there's a bunch of different stuff with that too. Huh. They're like, if the building is a certain age and it classifies in this category of like how the like sprinkler system or however like the fire stuff is set up, I don't know the specific term for it, but they have different insurance like clauses and everything for all of those wow but yeah so the riot thing did not help and we lost like 85 percent of everything jesus which was sick coming home to that (laughs) the shop had like super brand new hardwood floors when we moved in and now the entire front of the store there's like you can see because the glass when they broke the window with a brick which there's still a brick missing from the planner outside the store, but the city just won't replace it. Okay, so, <laughs> so, the, so that one yeah. missing brick just stares you in the face and taunts you. Yeah, so I actually <laughs> have the brick somewhere. I oh, can't remember crazy. where it is, but yeah, so the glass was all over the floor, and like as people were running in the store and grabbing stuff, I don't know if you've seen the video. It's really gnarly. There's like yeah, I don't I haven't seen like a live video of it. I saw kind of the aftermath. Okay, but. so I'll show it to you. It, there's like f- probably 50, 60 people all trying to get in the window at one time. Jesus. Which is sick. Um but all the glass that was on the floor, they just stepped on it and dug it into the floor. So like now the floor is a little messed up. Uh, and you can tell, but I don't know. That's not really my problem, I don't think. If you're renting? Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess not. I don't know. Well, it's kind of like a rustic, like old-looking floor anyways, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, whatever. I'm sure that won't fall back on you. Yep. But, damn, that's gnarly. Um, so what was the uh, what was the next move? How'd you work through that setback? So, originally... We were sitting down talking about it, and I was still on the trip with uh, Kane and Dern. Mm-hmm. So he was the one helping me, like, every day we'd leave here, go skate, or we'd go to the store and, like, try and sweep up glass, do anything we could. Um, and, like, a few of the homies had shown up, and they were, like, helping clean and everything every couple days. Like, my buddy Ben and Jacob. So we ended up, like trying to clean up as much as possible Kanan and I were still like skating and filming for his zero part but we were having the conversation of like is it worth it and it was sick because having one of my best friends with me to like go through that with me Mm -hmm. it was easier for me to like sit there and talk to him and like run through all of these different outcomes with him already being there yeah so I'm glad he was but I was kind of set on like, do I close or do I stay open? Like, I don't really know how to go about this. Yeah. Um, Cause I mean, basically what you're saying, like 85% of your inventory was just fucking vanished. Yeah. Just like biting the loss and, and you weren't like being compensated nope. whatsoever. 
No. Yeah, that's insane. Um, and so we were like having that conversation and my friend Tara was having that conversation with us as well because she's a financial advisor. And so we were all having a conversation and Tara and I actually got in a fight about it. She was like, I'm going to make a GoFundMe. And I was like, I really don't want one because I, I don't personally like that kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'd rather like work for everything. But so she ended up making one, which for like six months was the gnarliest fight between us. Yeah. But at this point, well, cause at the same time, like you just, you had gotten fucked over by the insurance company. Like they yeah. should have paid for it anyway. So, yeah. you know, if the money's going to come from some, like, it's not like you would have worked for it if the insurance had covered it. Yeah. So you're just getting that same amount of support just from another Avenue. It was just gnarly. And I don't know, like, it's still one of those things. Like, thank you so much to everybody who like did that. Yeah, um, of course. And like the GoFundMe, I want to say I did like eleven, and we lost thirty five. But so like I'm not worried about getting the whole thing back. But I was like, this is enough for me to like start over, right? And that's all that mattered. And it was like as long as I can start over. Like I took out a loan as well, and was like just like okay, like we're gonna make this work. So mm-hmm. after that. I didn't go on any more trips to film or anything because um, it took us three weeks to get the shop open, yeah. which it actually kind of like lined up pretty well because Cannon and I were on like a 30-day trip. Word. Um, like he just had the time off from zero and we were on the road just going all around like North Carolina, Tennessee, Florida. So we were doing that all while we would come back and like try and rebuild the store and so it ended up we reopened and now it's just been good ever since we haven't really had any issues i'm really hoping not to deal with any more issues but i mean you never know put any bars over the windows or anything so we actually can't which is so sick um i wish we could but the way that the building is classified as like historic huh in downtown greensboro we can't so we have really good insurance and the glass is thicker than it used to be um also there's like 12 cameras in there and they're all 4k that was one thing i was like big on was i was like i want 4k cameras because i'm a filmer and i'm like that quality matters especially when you're trying to like pin somebody for a crime you know sure yeah it's as protected as it can be. All right. Yeah. It's still a worry. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's only so much you can do. Like, yeah. you, you live and you learn, but. That's for sure. Yeah. Gnarly one. Thanks for walking us through that. And, uh, yeah, huge shout out to everybody that donated and, and got you back on your feet. Yeah. I really, um, really appreciate that. Yeah. I feel um, like that might not have happened if you weren't, like, a skate shop. You know, if you were just kind of like sure. a fucking, I don't know, like a coffee shop or whatever you probably wouldn't have had that amount of community support you know absolutely and I, it's funny like jamie thomas mm-hmm. um since we were on that trip like jamie was one of the biggest contributors to like helping us stay open wow and i'm forever grateful to jamie for not only that but like helping me with my other like filming 
and everything like sure because he's really supportive of everything but he's also very critical yeah because he's like i want you to push and he does this with everybody he wants everyone to push themselves to be the best they can be yeah um and so like his support means a lot for Mm -hmm. sure yeah all right so you're talking about filming with uh canon dern yep so how did that all begin? Have you always had an interest in filming? And it sounds like you're doing it at a level to where you're actually filming for like big companies and stuff now. Yeah, so I've always had like an interest in filming and everything. I could not tell you where it started. I have no idea. I do remember first skate video that I was like, really in awe by it wasn't the filmmaking though it was definitely like the skating and it was blind video days because i remember guy mariano does a nose blunt on a curb makes no sense Hmm. um i wish i could front nose blunt curbs i saw (laughs) a clip of leo the other day he like gap five o's this hubba and then in the parking lot he's like oh front nose blunt across this perfect curb (laughs) but so that one was more of like not uh the filming aspect of it but then when the cinematographer project came out oh. it was a trans world video where instead of the skaters having parts the filmmakers had parts yeah and like chris ray did his entire part with one skater and it was evan smith and that was like one of evan's best parts to me i think i saw that video yeah and, and didn't lee dupont do one at washington street yep lee dupont did one at washington yeah. Dude, rbu was, molly had like a all nighttime one yeah that was a sick fucking concept um, for a video dude that, yeah. that was really really good it was a sick mix because like everybody used a different camera too yeah and so like you have beagle has a part and his is all vx and then chris ray is using whatever he's using i don't think ty had a part in that though I don't think so either. I think he was like the one like heading that up because he was staff for Transworld, if I remember right. Potentially. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Lee Dubon had one. Mike Manzori had a part. It was just such a different skate video vibe to me because instead of like the skating standing out, you have the filming standing out. Yeah. And so that one really stood out to me that I was like, oh, like that's sick. Like there's actually filmers out there like doing it. Yeah. Like, it's not just like, oh, like, your homie's filming a clip or two. Like, this dude is filming an entire part or an entire, like, video and everything with just his homies. And it was just so different to me because each person, you can tell their own styles. Yeah. Um, and and so that was sick. And so that's something where if you watch a full-length video that's, like, filmed or produced or edited or whatever by like one company or one person that's going to look consistent across the whole thing to match their brand and as a skater if you watch it you kind of take this like take the filmmaking for granted because you're paying attention to the skating but in the cinematographer project when you have all these different filmmaking styles juxtaposed with one another they all stand out from one another yep and it makes you appreciate the art form behind the filming and the cinematography more so for sure um and i touched on that a little bit with jevons like a lot of skaters just watch the skate video and don't think about the art behind it you Dude, know for sure but there's there's a whole fucking deep world that goes into filming and, and producing videos yep i mean you've got like the jevon zoom like the it's, Jevin it's zoom. iconic <laughs> yeah like the whole spot and then as soon as the skater pops really tight 
Yeah. That's how it is. Um, I give him so much shit about that. I think it's hilarious. You ever tried to bite a style? No, actually. <laughs> so, like, it's funny. We will go filming together, and it's one of those things, like, I love John and how John films and everything, but it's one of those things, like, we'll sit at a spot, and even if we're, st- like, both standing on top of my car for the angle... Like, we'll sit there and talk and be like, okay, like, I'm filming it tight to loose if you want to film it loose to tight. Like, we'll go back and forth, and it's sick. He's one of the funnest dudes to go on trips with. Once he gets, like, super sleepy and delirious, it's the funniest (laughs) thing in the world. But, yeah, John is hilarious. But, no, I would never try and bite that. Although we do kind of film similarly because both of us are very focused on, like, we both want to see the spot. Right. And like, I want to see like how somebody's arms are in the air. Like I want to not just capture the skateboarding, but the actual spot itself. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of videos nowadays, it's like, Oh, you see something and my bad. Um, you see something and like, you'll be wondering like, how is this going down? Because you can't see the spot or like, you can't see this skater winding his shoulders up or something because now you've got the people who are like trying to film like Strobeck and it, it gets so hectic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so as far as John's filming style and mine, like it is kind of similar just due to the fact that we both want to see the spot. We want to see the skating yeah, and we don't want to like crop anything that could be important out. True. Like if there's say like there's a gnarly crack on the roll away um, right where you land, like, obviously we're going to try and make sure like, okay, we're going to zoom in on the crack at the end a little bit. Yeah. Just cause that way you can see like what the skater actually had to go through. Cause some of that stuff, people just now, like you can see it. Some of the videos it's like, you're watching it and you're like, I can't even tell how high that ledge is. Yeah. Or like how many stairs is that? Can I get a stair count? And it's like the only way you're going to get a stair count is taking a screenshot of the millisecond that it's on the screen yeah um and that that just goes back to like what is the intent behind the video exactly is is the intent to like showcase like this gnarly stunt and like how death defying it is like do you want to show the whole spot or is it about like are you filming for a certain brand where you want to zoom in on their clothing while they're skating you know yeah but i mean even in some of those like I can't remember what video it was it was the craziest thing there's a clip of it's either Cater or Carlisle Aikens I can't remember but like no it's Cater it's definitely Cater but he does a trick and it's zoomed in on just his board (laughs) and you have no idea what trick is going down what spot he's doing it on (laughs) and it's like the craziest film thing because they're like it's loose and when i say like it's loose it's filmed loosely so like his whole body and everything is in the frame at that point in time Uh and they filmed it like loose to tight so the frame is tight on his board i guess when he pops i don't even know when he pops because i can't see it in that clip (laughs) um but like that kind of thing bothers me so much. I can tell. Like, I I just need... I want to be able to see the skateboarding. I want to be able to see the spot. And, like, yeah, if you're doing it for a brand or something, like, definitely highlight it in, like, a roll-up shot. 
yeah. or like throwing down like shoes that works like whatever but in my opinion i feel like it should not take away from the actual trick the person is doing because that person put in a lot of time and effort for that one trick whether it went down in like two tries or whether it was a four-hour battle like because that person does not want to sit there and look at footage and be like dude like i spent four hours doing this and this is how it like it's being documented (laughs) like that sucks yeah but yeah not i mean shit it sounds like you can really nerd out on this stuff it's not super relevant to my skating because i'm not like in the streets trying to get hammers but like if i'm filming an iphone clip and like it takes me a long time to get it and the homie like didn't really film it that good i'm definitely you're kind of bummed i'm not gonna say anything but i'm definitely like not hyped you know (laughs) yep so yeah you're just talking about doing that but on like a scale with higher consequences yeah it's crazy side note but it just relates to filming um one of my favorite growing up was I always watched You Gotta Get That. Yes, dude. I was going to ask about favorite North Carolina videos. So I just thought since we were on filming, I had to bring it up. But You Gotta Get That. It was Breda Bramski's video. Mm -hmm. And I believe Bob Reynolds filmed part of that as well. That was like one of the North Carolina videos that really stood out to me that I was like, this is sick. Yeah. Um, Bob shares a part with Bobby Warrest. They have yeah. a really sick intro with like the t-shirts that say Bob and then Bobby is sick. I don't know. They're like skating a curb off Hillsborough Street. It's memorable because it was right next to my house. Yeah, like, I really liked um, Connor Champion's part. That was the first time I heard that Petey Pablo song. Yeah, that was and, uh, the same for me. Dude, I initially, wanted to, I initially wanted to call this podcast uh, Raise Up. Sick. But it didn't work out that way because there was already some... Uh, you know damn yeah i wish brett was like still filming and everything because uh-huh. you should have him on yeah he no I'd, I'd, I'd love to him as that well as sick. um james tupper who did all the post 22 stuff uh, yeah i don't know how to get in contact with them but once i i mean i'm sure i can pull it off eventually but yeah they've definitely like i would say their contribution to north carolina skateboarding and like just putting it on the map and and For giving sure. people giving skaters from north carolina a platform to like excel yep like it's undeniable the yeah. the significance that those videos have had. Yeah, because you already got Jevons. Yeah, he's he's kind of like the current day top dog, you know. As For far sure, as the filmers go. Yeah, Brett was. Um, I've tried to get. Um, I may have to edit this out. I don't know if I want to disclose too many damn, secrets. My bad. But um, I've I've also talked to. Sick. Um, he's down. He's just busy again. It's like a common thing that happens a lot of people are like, yeah oh. yep um yeah my bad for going on that no you're good you're good but um, brett's yes. videos were always sick yeah brett's videos were he's done you got to get that prior to that there was like carolina love i, I don't remember who did yeah that, um i don't even know now that yeah. i'm thinking about it I, I know we're i'm gonna fucking catch some heat for not knowing but whatever i'm but that was kind of like a generation before I was really involved in skating Dude, or anything. So, all right, hold on. Who filmed Carolina? Like, I cannot figure it out right now. I think it must have been James Tupper because that was a fucking wasn't it a post twenty two kind of video? Yeah. Hold up, I'm gonna look. I know, up. like the vertical videos, Brett was working on them, and then Ethan Messina was also working on them. Um, 
Dude. Oh, Skate NC. Was that um, Travis Nat Prasic? It may have been. Hold up. <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry. I cannot think. Yeah, it doesn't say who the fucking dude was. Oh, the shout out to Coley for doing that nose blunt on Krispy Kreme. That's like one of the most iconic tricks I can think of on that spot because that spot is so sick to me. Is it that yellow little bank yeah. thing behind the... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I've... I haven't skated that before, but I think my friend, like, took me to it one time without a skateboard. They, like, knobbed it now. Like, there's rebar all over it. Yeah, that's such a dumb thing to knob. It's like, so crazy, but, like... Really, like, is someone really gonna fuck that thing up, like, to where you don't want it to... Yeah. Have, like, a scratch on it? Like, like get over yourself. It's for cars. It's in know? the drive through too, so yeah. it's, like, people are gonna hit it with their car. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, like, I that clip just always was so sick to me, because he, like, nose blunts the whole thing and pops into the Bang. Yeah, he did a back nose blunt. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty savage. I can't imagine like sitting on one of those. Um, I mean that bank was like kind of slick on it because it had that yellow paint. But yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah. So talking about videos and filming and everything, what was your process for assembling a team and getting like riders together to get behind stolen? All right, so it started off with Patrick Lusk, because um, Pat was riding for Exodus when Exodus closed, okay. sadly. So Exodus was in Winston, Pat lives in Winston area, and so Patrick ended up being the first one that we were like, okay, obviously, like he's already got sponsors, he's already very highly motivated and committed to actually like trying to film a part with Jevons. So it was like, okay, like Pat was a no-brainer, and then... Darren Hill, uh, he's a super technical ledge skater. Um, he was one of my really good friends. It still is. I don't know why I said was, but at the time <laughs> period, whatever. Uh, so Darren, we put him on, and like, it's mainly just because like he is by far one of the most technical people around here, and he's motivated. Like, it's easy to get him out skating. Well, now it's kind of tough but i mean (laughs) it's different so it goes um yeah so him and then we've got noah rothermel jack saw me cj rouse which cj moved up here from clayton okay so i knew him from raleigh and like we were skating there and then he moved up here for college and then nick kirch word um, Nick is, Splits. Is he Nick Splits? Yeah. I, he is I know Nick Splits. A lot of these younger skaters I know by their Instagram name and not I their real names. <laughs> I hate the Instagram name thing. It's insane to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we've got those guys. And the main thing I was looking for, like trying to figure out if we had a team or not, like for a long time, it was just Pat. It's just one person. Yeah. And it was because like no one else was visibly like super motivated to get in the streets and film and like right. really go for it. Cause me personally knowing how the industry kind of works, like, yeah, you can be really, really good at a skate park or yeah. you can be really, really good and have a bunch of Instagram followers, which I guess that Instagram thing is now changing. Like you can get famous off Instagram now mm-hmm. and get sponsors, but some of those sponsors aren't that great. 
kind of like the one with the barracks, but whatever. Um, (laughs) You guys can figure out which shoe company that is. Um, (laughs) But let's see. Um, Yeah, the Instagram thing is insane to me. And then... Yeah, so I take it they're not like putting together sponsor me videos and sending them in. So like, yeah, the Instagram skaters aren't, but our guys are. So like, that's one thing we were. I'm very pressed on is like things used to be that you would film with all your friends or whatever, and you'd put together a sponsor me tape, whether it was your VHS or <laughs> a DVD. Or now we have WeTransfer, which is like a file transfer service that we all use to uh-huh. get high quality stuff sent. But now I'm big on like, you still send your footage to companies to see like what either the sales rep or if the sales rep pushes it to the TM or like whoever you have to send it to them. But you have to, I push my guys to like work for it. Mm-hmm. Like if they're going to film with, Jevons or whether they're filming with me or whether they're filming with another filmer like all of their footage compiles and we want to send it off because at the end of the day they ride for the shop because the motivation's there yeah and so the only thing I can do further is like help put it in the hands of someone else yeah and at that point like it's up to them like the footage has to be there and then for the most part like when you watch somebody's footage it obviously speaks for itself like you see something gnarly and you're like all right this dude is gnarly like he's kick flipping a 15 like okay i don't want to break my ankle but then there's like there's so many different aspects to it now which is insane because each brand also has its own like brand identity yeah and so like sometimes they're like oh we have like we don't have any super tech dudes on like this isn't a tech company like right i personally am not gonna see like somebody do nolly flip no slide nolly heel out or like tray flip crooks on a flat ledge in a zero video right so it's like let's save that for like primitive or visit or something and so sure finding finding that kind of balance that it's like okay like the guys each one has their own brand or whatever that they want to like try and go for like all i do is try and get their footage into the right hands gotcha um because as long as they stay motivated it has nothing to do with me mm-hmm. i mean their motivation and them pushing themselves that speaks for itself and all i do is try and get it in the right hands yeah but i mean they do represent your shop if they're on the team and for you're, sure. you're hooking them up with product i assume for sure and um yeah so it sounds like that's that's one of the most important things to you like that's the type of skaters you want to be associated with your shop or the kind that are motivated and yep. push themselves like out in the streets yeah um which is good to know so i'll i'll go get to work after this let's see it i'll send you my tape it's probably gonna be uh probably gonna be a lot of ollies over manhole covers maybe sick. a couple of slappies um sick yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll go huck down my local six stair with a fat ollie. Yeah, you know what's crazy and like, I never really realize it until I own the shop, is how many people are like, "Can you sponsor me?" Really? Now this is the craziest thing because like when I was a kid, I wasn't like, "Oh, like I'm trying to get sponsored." Like I enjoyed skating for skating, and that was mm-hmm. it. 
I honestly enjoyed working in the industry too. So it was like one of those things, like I get to be around skateboarding because I knew I was never going to go pro. There's no way. Yeah. Like, the level is fucking insane. Still can't nollie flip, but, <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't plus, know. I mean, your board wall, like even the very best of the best out of North Carolina, there's like five people, you know, five or six, like yeah. real pros who actually made it. It's insane. How, I mean, how high the bar is. Yeah. It, it actually is insane. Like seeing all of that, but damn, where was I going with this? Oh, so, so many people being sponsored. All right. So, or so many people trying to get sponsored. The craziest thing to me is like people will hit you up all day on Instagram and they'll hit you up and be like, can you sponsor me? But I've never seen you in my store. Yeah. Like you never come by the shop and we only do local sponsorships because it's not like we're tactics out here. Like speaking of like Weimer's on, which is crazy to me, but, um, but like, it's not like we're tactics or like one of the gnarlier chains or are they a chain? They just have a gnarly online store, yeah. but it's like, I can't do that. Especially when it's like people will hit you up out of like, we had a dude last week who hit me up and was like, can you sponsor me and send me his footage? And like, it was all skate park footage, which first off, like I, I don't really take yeah. personally. Um, but he's also like not in Greensboro or Winston or high point. Cause we're the only skater on shopping the triad now Yeah, because Exodus sadly closed. So that one's like weird. Like we have, most of the guys are all from Greensboro or like Jamestown, which is right between here and High Point. Mm-hmm. Then Pat's from Winston. But like, it's crazy because you'll get people from so far away. Or like, I know like kids asking, that happens always every time. Yeah. But like, dude, we've had people from places I don't even know where it is. And they're just like, can you sponsor me? Yeah. And it's so insane. And they probably have no concept of like what it actually means to be sponsored and like what a sponsorship entails. Yeah. Cuz it's like, like it's like well what value do you bring to the brand by Exactly. You know, I don't know, I just to maybe that would be my advice to the kids out there like yeah. Like John John has no reason to sponsor you if you're not like participating in the local skate scene and like growing the market and like inspiring other skaters yep. around you and everything, you know. Like if you're not pushing like North Carolina skateboarding in some way, shape or form, whether like, yeah, like you're super technical or like whether you're the next day one song or something like, I, I just want to see North Carolina skateboarding progress and progress. Yeah. Um, hopefully we get another pro out of North Carolina in the next few years. That would be yeah. sick. It could happen. It could. I've got my money on a few. Definitely could. <laughs> I've definitely, I could see it yeah. from a few, for sure. Right on. Um, yeah, this shop this sponsorship is crazy. But that's pretty. Funny. Somebody from North Carolina is next. It's gonna happen. Yeah, I may have to keep my opinions off the record. I don't want to offend anyone, but yeah, yeah there's there's a couple of them out there. I'm gonna just let it play out. Yeah, I want to see how it goes. <laughs> that's what's up. All right, so this may have been a few years ago, but I saw that you hosted an art show 
uh, curated by Aaron Pennington, who I'm a huge fan of. I did. Um, is there a story there, and what does that mean to you to participate in the greater community and serve not only skateboarding, but like the art community as well? So, as far as the art community goes, like I think it's sick, because especially with skateboarding, we have so much artwork and so many artists in skateboarding. Yeah. Like, you have board graphics, and... For example, like you've got Todd Francis, like he's doing all the deluxe stuff at this point. He did all the skate shop day stuff, which like is super sick. But then you come back down to it and then you have like smaller people just doing like one off graphics for a company or they're doing one off graphics on their own board. And it's like the art world is so vast and you can be this huge name in the art world or you can be a smaller one. But at the same time, like it doesn't change the amount of work you actually put into it. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things like I think that art is super sick because it's so different in so many different ways. But as far as in regards to Aaron, he's a great friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually did this stolen graphic with like the lock on it. Oh, cool. Um, he was we were supposed to have boards that go along with that, but we have a slight problem with production on this but that's something totally different and fun i gotta deal with but yeah so aaron has done a couple graphics for the shop and he's a good friend and we were talking about him having an art gallery in the old store and i was like dude like let's do it i'd rather just go ahead and do it and jump into it see how it went and it went amazing and it was sick Mm -hmm. that's great i mean was that kind of like a uh was there an admission fee? Did the proceeds go to anything in particular? Or like, was it just kind of like, I don't really know much about how all that art stuff works, to be honest. But I'm going to be honest, I cannot remember how all that went down. Okay. <laughs> like, I I have a terrible memory as yeah. is. But Good turnout, though? A lot of people yeah, came out? Yeah, there were a bunch oh, yeah. of people who came out for the art show. It was sick. Um, Aaron's art is so incredible. Yeah. I've definitely bought a few of his pieces over the years. Yeah. Because he, like, has one of his things that he, or one medium of art that he does is he will take a piece of paper and cut halfway into it. Huh. And so it won't be, like, cut all the way through. So the, the actual paper itself will be smooth. And then where it's half cut, he'll, like, pick it out. So it's got, like, a, a texture to it. And you can see the texture. So you can be looking at this white picture frame and it says something, but it's all one piece of paper. Yeah. It's the craziest thing. A um, meticulous guy. I've got one I can show you That's after sick. this. It's sick. Yeah, it's I'd love to take a look at so it. so crazy. You ever uh, skate with him much? Yeah, I do. He's got an amazing nollie varial flip. Yeah. You got any memorable missions or moments skating yes. or filming with him? Yes, speaking of Nolly varial flips. Um we went to this hip spot and we got there, bonded the crack at the bottom where he thought he was going to roll away. Uh-huh. And so we bonded the crack and we bonded probably like 3 feet wide thinking like okay, that's a pretty good chunk for this like hip that just has a crack at the bottom of it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the hip is probably my height, so it, it's a good size wow. hip. It's gnarly. But 
he ends up trying nollie varial flip and he does it and rolls away completely missing the bondo patch that we had just made and it's like the bondo patch isn't small it's three feet wide yeah so we know like all right that's where he said he was gonna roll away fine so he slight miscalculation does the nollie varial flip fully misses the bondo patch hits his wheels on the crack because it's like a up crack it sticks up hits his wheels and just eats it and like scrapes up his shoulder and his back (laughs) it was the funniest thing because we had sat there and talked (laughs) for like 30 minutes before this about like where are we putting the bondo patch and i was like dude like i'm telling you it's got to go further out or like i can't remember but it was so funny to me because he completely misses everything that he just made sure it was in the right spot (laughs) and just completely eats it it was so good but aaron's insane like watching him skate is really really entertaining he is immensely talented and that's a great story i'm glad you brought that up we were talking a little bit about your team and i know you like to film uh do you have the firepower and or the willpower to do like a stolen full-length video at any time yes so oh man this is diving into something completely different um, rip. At the moment, we are working with some of the guys. Some of them have prioritized. Like I've told them to prioritize Jevons' video. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jevons is currently working on another video too. No, no, no. So the Cinco okay, that just came gotcha. out. Gotcha. So Nick and Patrick both were like prioritizing that, um, while the other four dudes we're working on this project with me that it kind of started because of my schedule with the shop and everything. So I work the shop every day, but before I go into the shop, I'm like working on other stuff. So I really was getting off at 6 PM and throughout the winters, it's like, okay, like I get off at six and then it's already dark. So we started filming this nighttime video pretty much lighting up spots with the lights generator camera light for lines um and so we've been working on that for probably a year now and at this point it's like everybody just needs enders oh shit and they'll have it's not gonna be like full full parts like four minutes but like probably like two and a half three a piece Mm -hmm. um but yeah everybody just needs enders and then like we've got another guy who is a good friend of mine who's actually hopping in on the project late and he hopped in probably three months ago and he's already got more footage than everybody oh wow um it's hungry huh it's is he, crazy because a younger guy no so he's all right hold on i don't want to say he's that old i don't know how i want to say he's like 28 29 word yeah um but it's parker ward Pook NC on Instagram. A lot of people know him from his Instagram, but okay. So he is sober now, and ever since he got sober, he it like completely changed, and he's been skating more, and he's murdering it. Dude, hell yeah. Um, he's always been super, super good in North, like in North Carolina in general, especially in like YDG and nine fifteen days. Sick. Um, which were both indoor parks around here, but yeah. I so yeah, YDG. he um 
he's been murdering it and so he's he hopped in on the project and he's gonna end up having a part as well but yeah it this one i don't know it's a lot more relaxed than most projects are gonna be but we will do a full length in the future for sure Mm -hmm. timeline on that couldn't tell you (laughs) because full lengths do not come out overnight yeah like john worked on cinco for so long yeah and and it shows it does it really does also i can't tell you how much footage that john has that has never seen the light of day yeah i really wish you had dropped some archive stuff like a lot of that's sick yeah um there's clips that some people have probably never seen that even they forgot about filming yeah but we'll see right on one day good shit man um i'm praying that all of you and your riders stay safe as you go out and get those final final bangers if they do it they i'm waiting on them yeah come on y'all get busy this man ain't giving you boards for nothing or use those fucking things yep (laughs) that's the truth yeah all right what about okay you had andy roy in town pretty recently what was that event about and uh, how'd that night play out all right so one of the trips i went on um which actually was the trip that the shop got looted on was baltimore to well we were in baltimore because we were on our way home from ben margera's house whoa um, so we went out there and we're filming for, it was like all the street stuff was for Kanan's zero part and Dalton's tactics part. And then I'm trying to think, oh, uh, everything at the house at Bam's house and everything was for HD video mag, which they were who invited us. And it's like a new age 411 or on video kind of, but it's okay. HD instead of VX which I fully support. I'm so, so happy I don't film with a toaster anymore. Um, (laughs) I love VX so much, but it's times have changed and it's time. All right. (laughs) For me, for me personally, I absolutely love VX, like nothing against it other than me personally. I don't want to sit at a computer for hours importing tapes anymore. I hear you. Like, that's a fair argument. That's the one thing. It's not practical. The real-time playback is just not practical, especially if you're going out and you're trying to make all these missions happen and everything. Like, I'm not trying to lose a clip because like the tape is fried or like the tape mechanism in my camera from 1998 is messed up. Like, <laughs> I'm good. Like that camera is my age, and I'm yeah. 24. Like. Because I, I think the VX came out in 98 or 99. Could be. I, I would I have. Say. I have no idea. But, yeah, that's... Yeah, your opinion has been noted. That's fucking... Dude. That's on wax now. Yeah. I love VX, but it's time to change, I yeah. guess. my I needed to. Yeah. Um, so, you're chilling at Bam's oh, house yeah. right now. So, it was for HD Video Mag, and it's all HD. It's not 4K, though. I wish. Um... I want to go 4K one day, though. Uh, So we were doing that, and the dude who runs that is Lonnie Shamblin. He's a filmer in Baltimore. Okay. Um, He went on a bunch of, like, Baker tours and stuff back in the day. I don't know. I don't really know his full backstory, but whatever. So he's working on that, and then 
he finished it up and they were premiering issue one of HD Video Mag. And they had a premiere in Orlando and then they had one the next or two days later in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, yo, we're driving from Orlando to Baltimore. Do you, and you're halfway in between because I had already been on a trip with him. He was like, you're halfway in between. Do you want to do one at your store? And I was like, yeah, that sounds sick. So Andy was just a special guest, which like seeing him with teeth is so crazy to me. <laughs> yeah. um, like he grew up watching like the anti-hero videos and stuff where he's dude, all like jacked looking. Yeah, it's insane. I love fucking all that shit, but it's insane seeing... Andy with teeth now. Like, yeah, he's, he's like handsome. It's weird. Dude, it's like the craziest <laughs> smile because his teeth are like blindingly white. Like it's not just like white teeth. It's like blindingly white. Um, and he's still super enthusiastic. I swear, no matter how old he gets, he's still always going to be fired up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it actually landed like a, I think a day after his like two-year sobriety, which is uh-huh. sick for him. Oh, yeah. Because anybody who's watched all this footage over the years or like interviews he was fried yeah um but yeah so he came through it was sick they all just kind of chilled and like we had a good time it was Mm -hmm. sick did you do it in the shop or was it like across the street or something no so we did it inside the store because the venue across the street actually bailed on me no way yeah so we rented a venue across the street and for two weeks I tried to get up with them before the event and like could not get in contact with anybody the venue was never open and it's like a brand new venue in downtown Greensboro too so it was one of those things like what is going on yeah it's like you're trying to help out this new business yeah and so we ended up like I didn't find out until probably three hours before the video premiere was supposed to happen they're like oh yeah we don't have a venue so I borrowed a PA system and a projector from a homie Damn. and it, it was like one of the businesses up the street that we're really good friends with. And so they had one and I was like, Oh, thank God. Like we can just use that. So we did that. I already had a screen and then we moved everything from the store into the back of the store and oh, just like okay. the whole place was open just to clear floor space yeah just for all the floor space for everything and it worked out it was pretty packed in there but it oh, worked yeah. out that's great man andy roy mingling with all the greensboro kids dude really stoked on him yeah so actually one of my employees noah when i found out andy was coming we had had a conversation probably like a few months before like oh like if you're because We've had a few of, we've had a few pros come through. Like we had Jamie and Zion, Foy and Zion Wright came through and they were on a Red Bull trip and Midler and then, um, Mark Suchu came through. Cool. And like, so we've had a bunch of pros and Noah's always like, dude, if you can get Andy Roy here, like it'd be so sick. (laughs) And so... The morning I found out, I texted Noah. I was like, I made your dream come true, kid. <laughs> like, just messing with him. And he, like, called me back, and we were talking about it. And he was like, there's no way. And then <laughs> it was funny because uh, after everything went down with the video premiere and everything, we ended up going to dinner with all them. 
because they hadn't eaten they were still on the road and i was like oh yeah like let's just go down the street or across the street and go get some food and he was like all right sounds good like grab your employees and i was like all right sounds good and it was just me and Noah, and so he was stoked he's like dude i get to have dinner with my favorite dude like it was so funny vip treatment yeah it's so funny to me but it's crazy seeing like some people will like completely fangirl over people which like i don't know never it doesn't really bother me but like some people do yeah and it's so crazy seeing like the difference in some people like some people fully do it and it's insane and then some people they're just like oh yeah we're going to go get food Uh uh-huh um Luckily, like, no, it's one of the, like, all right, let's just go get food. You got the chill? Yeah. Okay, cool. I just thought it was hilarious to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I tend to fan out a little bit, even on, like, dude. local heroes, like, people that I've always looked up to that yeah. I'm, maybe I don't know them before the podcast, but I meet up with them. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. How do I talk to them? Like, how do I not blow this? For sure. I mean, I've had a co- I feel like due to the fact that like especially professional skateboarders they're put at such like a high pedestal and everything sometimes Mm -hmm. like zion for example he's like olympic medalist or whatever like sorry i don't know what place zion but yeah whatever one of the best in the world yeah yeah. so like him it's like we'll be we've gone on a trip and like people recognize him from like red bull ads or like He's Damn. on the cooler at the convenience store we stop at because of his Red Bull ad or something. <laughs> and like some people, it's crazy the difference in people who are like freaking out over it. And then the people who are just like, okay, like you want to go skate? Zay? Like, come on Z, let's go skate. Let's keep it. Uh, yeah. Way. Like, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like, and people will like grow out of it. I feel like as well. Cause you get so accustomed to like some people are like duties pro and it's like, yeah, but at the same time, like still a skater, he's a skater. And at the end of the day, even if you were pro, like, do you really want to like have somebody sitting there just like staring at you the whole time? Like, (laughs) yeah, I want to see a switch flip. Like what? Like just switch flip a million times. Like, nah, like I'd rather like we're all in skateboarding to skate and I would rather see that person skate and enjoy skating for themselves than like have somebody sitting there fangirling. Yeah. That totally makes sense. But that's, I don't know, that's kind of rad that you were able to like open up your shop and like that's a place where you can do video premieres now. Like, you know, you can pull that off. And uh, did you premiere Cinco at your shop? No. So Cinco, there was no way we were going to be able to premiere inside the store. Oh, just too Um, many people. Way too many people. Okay. And we were actually worried about that for HD Video Mag as well. But Cinco, so there's a theater two doors down from the store. And. That's not the one you were trying to rent, was it? No. Okay. I don't know. We were trying to rent like a bar venue that's yeah. across the street. But. Um, Fuck them. Yeah, because the <laughs> theater was actually under construction. Huh. We originally reached out to them and they said no because they're under construction. But that's where we will have all our premieres. Well, maybe. There's another possible venue that i think is super sick but it's outdoor yeah so well, like sounds like you got options yeah there's a lot of businesses in greensboro like Cinco working was, with one another it's, yeah Cinco was right there next to it and it was sick because we were all able to just go back and forth 
between the two, like the shop and then go there. Yeah. Right on. So, um, what other small businesses in the downtown area are you tight with and want to promote or shout out or tell people to stop by if they come through Greensboro to skate? All right. Let's start off with the skater owned ones. Um, Bandito Bodega. Uh-huh. It's like a, I don't really know how to describe it. It's like a Tex-Mex fusion place, but it's super good. And those dudes skate. So it, they're killing it and they have a food truck and everything um they started out as a food truck and then went to a restaurant i'm gonna write that down i might hit that up after this dude it's good (laughs) it's not far from here either oh yeah um bandito bodega yeah that's a cool name the food truck is bandito burrito ah so bandito the iphone repair store is skate around random oddly enough (laughs) who else is skate around around here there's like a dude who does like hardwood floors. Um, I'm spacing if I'm missing any of the homies, but yeah. yeah. So other local businesses, I'm good friends with like the chick who runs uh crafted. It's Ooh, like a taco spot. Dude. One of my favorite fucking joints. Dude. Yeah. Me, me and Trevor stopped by there right after coming through the shop. Yeah. That shit rocked our world. It's so good. It's um, fucked up how good that place is. Chrissy kills it over there. Yeah. Good job, Chrissy. Big fan. And then I feel like I'm completely that. This is what I should have written the list down for. Okay. Like all the yeah. homies. Oh, I ambushed you with this um, question. Yeah. This one's. Most of the others are just like, I'd rather just go ahead and answer it. But this one is stumping me. All right. I got another question and then you can kind of like stew on that one in the back of your mind. And we'll come back to shout outs. Let's get back to it. But, um, all right. The state of, uh, your current skateboarding in Greensboro, you obviously have a lot going on with the shop. You're probably busy and don't skate as much as when you were a kid. Um, but what I know about Greensboro is I know we got Latham park, we got the Glenwood, uh, the back and forth park. We got the Randleman G spot, and you got your setup in the back. How would you like rank those four as far as what you enjoy skating? Fun, oh, dude, fun right. level. Ooh, this is rough. All right, number one is probably since they got rid of the Greensboro Courthouse ledges. That was like go to. Like that was oh, a skate okay. park in itself to me. Huh. Um, they got rid of the ledges, sadly recently so i would honestly skip my backyard to go there and just mm. skate them alone yeah i wasn't aware of that spotter i never skated Dude, it so it sounds like i blew it perfect concrete ledges but they're a little crunchy but they were good i missed durham courthouse rest in peace but yeah. yeah so ranked i would say that was a skate park to me but now probably my house one because i don't in my free time i want to be able to skate and not go to the park and get bombarded with questions interesting like it kind of sucks because like i'll in my free time i don't have a lot of it between the store or filming or working on cars and it's like when i really want to skate myself i don't want to have to be like answering how's the shop going every five minutes or I don't want to have to deal with like the I mean this doesn't happen all the time but shop owners you know it happens like 
you'll go to the skate park and all of a sudden everybody starts hucking. They're like, Oh shit. They got to, they got to put on. Yeah. And it's, it's like one of those things that it's like, man, I just, I'm here to skate. Like I just want to just roll around and do some tricks, try and learn something. Cause when I go to the park, I never skate flat ground because I can skate flat ground in the street or a parking lot. So I'm like specifically going there to skate. Oh, I want to skate a ledge today. Or like, I want to skate a flat bar. So I really prefer the like low key aspect of the house. Like I was, when I was living in Raleigh, I was going to Stoke city a lot. Nice. Um, just do the fact again, like I, it's It's like a sheltered environment. Yeah. I mean, not just that it's more of just like, I don't get me wrong. I'm very outgoing and like love dealing with people and talking to everybody. But my problem is when I'm skating, I want to focus so much more on my skating. Yeah. Um, and so it's just tough. And I think that's one of the things that kind of draws me to street skating is like, I'm with my close friends and like, that's that. Yeah. But as far as parks go, I'm sorry, I keep going off the side, but, uh, house one, just due to the fact, no people the layout. All right. If I could skate Glenwood without anyone being there, that would be number one. Nice. And if it wasn't outside because the weather thing kills me. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, having to deal with that and there's no lights. Yeah. And with my schedule, the no lights thing is no a bummer. lights. You ever make it down to Lexington? I do, but honestly, they have good rails. Yeah. But I'm not a fan. Okay. Understood. Um, Didn't mean to derail you too much, but that's where I go just because it is one of the only parks that has yeah. lights, you know? I mean, my thing is like, I don't know, it's always so busy. Yeah. And the flat bar is amazing and everything. I personally, I don't know, I like much mellower like chill stuff sure that's why you're not really fucking with latham too much i imagine i it's funny because latham is walking distance from my house yeah um i'll go there and skate the ledges more than anything or the bowl because i grew up skating a lot of transition being at project 58 Mm -hmm. i stuck in the bowl in there so i'll skate the bowl but for the most part you can only really skate that park when there's like three people there and there's always like 40. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy just cause you, that park is laid out that you can only really skate one person at a time. Yeah. Um, what you mean. Lexington, I love the park. There's a lot of flat ground. Yeah. And I feel like that's what throws me off is I don't like also having not too little time or too much time to set up for something. Yeah. Like with Lexington, you drop in on the quarter pipe and you got half a mile before the hip. <laughs> like, it, I don't know. Yeah. No offense to team. Pain. Well, yeah. Cause if you're they used to like job. skating project 58 where you drop in and it's like right there. Yeah. It's like a quick kind of, um, okay. I feel that. And I mean like, I don't know. I just, something about it. I will skate the, uh, DIY. Yeah. So I... place has crazy character. It does. It's, like it's challenging even to do the basics at a place like that. Yeah. The, I miss one thing that they used to have. It used to have this one... It was actually, I think, an aluminum rail, but I'm not positive. But it was like... 
over the grass gap, which now there's a quarter pipe that has the fish mm-hmm. uh, painted on it. Yeah. It used to be over that grass gap. And cool. it was like a wavy rail. <laughs> like you'd get on and there was a, a hump in the middle of it. And so you, you'd like try and board slide or lip slide over it. And it felt like a roller coaster. <laughs> it was so sick. Um, yeah. It was like the perfect height. But now they have that out rail and the little hubbas on either side. And that thing is so fun. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't really skate Latham at all yeah. anymore. Understood. Well, I think we're doing good then. Um, I, yeah. My next two questions are, who do you want to shout out and who else would you nominate for the podcast? Ooh, all right. Let's do the nomination one first. Yeah. Um, Brett Abramski. Sick. For sure. Yeah. I would love to hear what he has to say. Because, I mean, as long as I've known Brett, that I was living in Raleigh, I was so young to, like, actually really sit down and talk to him mm-hmm. so it was always one of those things like I always like looked up to like his filming and his skating like dude his skating alone yeah. is insane and he can rip too. a lot of people don't know that <laughs> one of those multi-talented motherfuckers um so seeing that it was like I yeah like I wanted to see what he has to say about like North Carolina just in general um mm-hmm. Bob Reynolds sick of course He's done a great job with everything over the years. Sinclair. Yeah. Actually, not Sinclair. Larry Perkins. Larry Perkins? Yeah. The, you know the whole story behind that? I don't, but if I ever interview him, I'll ask him about it. Ask Sinclair who Larry is. <laughs> okay. Tell me. Um, let's see. Kenny Hughes. Damn. Yeah, he'd be a good That's one. A sick one. Pat Rickstraw. Okay. I don't, I don't know who that is. He was pro for Black Label. Okay. Don't quote me on that. I'm yeah. not positive. But I gotcha. he's pro from North Carolina. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a long We list. never hear from him, yeah. ever. All right. And I'm going to cut you off at those, like, five people. Because yeah. anymore, it's just like, of Chilling. course, there's a million that we, we could eventually do. Um, but I like where you took that. I mean, you already got Sturgill and John. So it's like, yeah. all right, They're two epic. checked off. Oh, Jay Brock. That's the last Hell one. Yeah. Like, that one's <laughs> obvious, North Carolina skateboarding. Um, Yeah. All right. So people to shout out. Let's see. This one's random. Do you know who does the brand Dozer? I do not. Okay. <laughs> I personally do not. Uh, I my think, employees all do. I just think they're the, the shirts are cool. I like Dozer. I like small brands. Dude. Like that. More more shout outs if you got them. Uh, I wish Post 22 would come back. That would be sick. Yeah. James, get on it. <laughs> um, no, but shout outs. Thank you, Bob, for always helping out in any way possible. And then, like, Kurt and Adam Harunsky at zero. Jamie Thomas, for sure. They all keep me on boards and my shoes on my feet. Hell yeah. And then, shout out to Ford. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Ford Motors, everybody's baby. talking about, like, Ford fix or repair daily. When I was working there, that was job security. <laughs> so, that funded the shop. Yes. Um, my employees, Noah, Jimmy, CJ, Mason, Keith. Dude, that's another thing. The photography side of everything is oh, shit. so sick. Okay. Like, especially in skateboarding. 
Yeah. Get up with Billy or Keith. That would be sick. Okay. Because a lot of times I feel like photography gets overlooked in it. It kind of does, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Chilling. That's My dog. What's up? Hell she's yeah. She's out here barking. Yeah. She's ready for some attention. Um, I'm going to yeah. go ahead and get out of your hair, but I thought this was rad. I really appreciate yeah. you sitting down with me. No worries. And uh, look forward to getting this out into the people's ears. So thank you, John. We'll, uh, we'll see you next time. Absolutely. Later. That's going to be a wrap on the John Martin interview. Anyone who's ever started a business or side hustle or brand uh, knows the amount of blood, sweat, and tears that goes into getting something like that off the ground. So I think of John as an inspiration. He knew what he wanted, found the opportunity in the market, and he has been killing it with his shop ever since. So do yourself a favor and go follow at Stolen Skate Shop on Instagram definitely pop in and support the shop next time you find yourself in Greensboro. Words of wisdom, there's nothing more empowering than bouncing back after a setback or failure. So to anyone who's going through the ringer right now, hopefully John's story of getting almost his entire inventory wiped out during the riot, but still keeping his cool and working through the adversity only to come out on top, inspires you to push a little harder and come out stronger than before. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Um, I've got some more good stuff coming, so check back in next week. Love my skaters, and I'll see you soon. Peace.